Hello, folks. This is the Knickknack Podcast. I'm Knickknack. I'm a queer and neurodivergent non-binary woman, and I am speaking to you from Seattle. So I can say, good evening, Seattle. And it's so good to be back in this city. So, so good to be back in this city again. I have lots of thoughts and ideas and things I want to share. So, with a gentle reminder to, if you enjoy this podcast, check out my website, knickknackpod.net, for donation links and the Patreon. I'll say, grab your favorite beverage, grab a breath, and we'll get started. So this trip to Seattle was rather impulsive, not entirely impulsive, but rather impulsive because I found Vinny, or rather Vinny found me on October 22nd, I believe. And we hit it off really quickly and we got to that point where we wanted to see each other. And that was quite the endeavor, quite the thing to do. And that is a thing all in in and of itself. And also, there's my whole Seattle thing, because I've lived in this city twice before. I've been shelterless in this city. I've been part of Occupy Seattle in this city. We, in order to get to where we were going the other day, we walked by Westlake. And of course, Westlake was the site, the initial site of Occupy Seattle, and many other subsequent protests, and the... World Trade protests, I think, way back in the 90s. I remember at Occupy Seattle, there were veterans of the World Trade uh, protests that uh, share their experience and share their wisdom as we were doing our thing at Westlake. And I initially planned to do a 10 years since Occupy episode, and I just didn't get around to it because I got distracted by the ugly and several of the other episodes that I produced in October. All of them very good, but the thing about this podcast is that I don't always know where it's going, and a lot of the episodes are unscripted, so it's kind of like, well, it goes where it goes. So, seeing the city again, getting to the city again, 
that was a hell of a voyage. I didn't think during COVID that I would have the courage to travel, that I would have the means to travel, that I would have the ways to travel. And I didn't think I could pull it off budget-wise. And I have been wanting to do a Seattle thing probably for a little over a year. But because of my past travel experience, I've been very apprehensive about it because I'm an impulsive traveler, as I've said before. And it can go wrong rather quickly if I'm not careful. So I always try and, you know, ever since the traveling that happened immediately after Occupy Seattle for me, I've tried to be very much more careful in my travel. So this trip was, was impulsive, but it was also planned. And it was much, 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 much more, like 99%, 99.99% about seeing Vinny and only maybe 0.0000001% about seeing the city. But still, in going to see Vinny and in that beautiful but scary transition from an online connection and partnership to an in-person connection and partnership, there was a lot there and also simultaneously. I, I chose to do Greyhound because Greyhound, at least in transit time, is slightly faster than Amtrak, but riding Greyhound at any time is a miserable, hellish experience that I wouldn't recommend to anybody in their right mind. And it's it's more expensive than the train anyway. So but nonetheless the Greyhound station is in Soto, uh, which apparently was originally south of Kingdom. I always thought, because I lived here after the Kingdom was, long after the Kingdom was uh, torn down, I always thought that it was about south of downtown, but apparently it's, it was south of Kingdom. So anyway, when I got off the bus after this hellish, hellish, hellish 16-hour trip, in which the only thing that was keeping me going as we bumped along Interstate 5 and endless hours of the darkness of northern california and then the winding twisty turning hell that is southern oregon and interstate five until you get to eugene it it was a hell of a trip but through that trip i kept thinking of my partner's face and their smile and then i also kept thinking of the city and the skyline and so when i finally got there when i finally finally got there i got off the bus and was nervous about meeting my partner, of course. The Link light rail station isn't that far away, so I was able to quickly walk to Link and meet my partner there. But as I was waiting for my partner, I was simultaneously looking towards the skyline and wanting to take a picture, and I never managed to get that picture taken. But I did I did meet my partner, and we did have a... We've had a wonderful time, and we will continue having a wonderful time, I'm sure of it. And we've just been kind of doing the Seattle winter thing, the if you're a double clicks fan cats and netflix thing. that song is so awesome uh because that is what it is and in in portland and seattle and eugene and the northwest uh it's there's this dark cold 40 degree reminds me of new york city chill and then you add the rain to it and it's this special kind of awesome misery is the only way I can articulate it. And it's just a remind another reminder of home. I will say that is not the kind of winter you want to brave when you're shelterless. So it's very important if you if you do decide that the Northwest is right for you, that you you know try and make sure that you have good shelter. 
and um, that's something to to focus on, and that's of course something I'm thinking about because I am. I I mean I knew the moment I came back home because Seattle was my home. It always, it it was my home before I knew it was my home, and it continues to be my home even though I don't live here. Um, so now my focus and thought is, or primarily focus and thought is, how do I get to a place where I'm living with my partner as quickly as I possibly can be. A, a bullet point of that thought is, how do we make sure that we stay sheltered and stay safe in a city that is very complex, in a city that is very, very, very in the hands of powerful big business people? I needn't say it, but I'm going to say it. You know, the big forces here, Amazon, Microsoft, Boeing, and probably a few others that I'm forgetting, but they're all very big business. They all very much appeal to the, and, and foster the techno, neoliberal geek thing. And I say again, especially when it comes to this, like the Silicon Valley culture, it's slightly, there's somewhat of a parallel culture up here, but it's, it's slightly different than the Silicon Valley. But I say again, and marvel that I was almost a part of that. I almost became that. And I count myself very lucky that, quite honestly, that Microsoft job, the hiring freeze and Asus Studios, like as, as bitter as I am about Asus closing and me not getting that job, it probably in the long term worked out for the better because under no other circumstance could I have become aware enough, radicalized enough to see all the flaws in it, to see all the flaws in the illusion of techno geek life. And that's not to say that I don't, still don't do techno geek stuff. And that's not to say that I don't utilize the services of Microsoft and Google and their like, and that's not to say that I don't go ooh and ah when I pass Boeing Field on the bus and possibly see the new 777-9 testing. I wasn't sure because we went by quickly on the freeway, but at any rate, what I'm trying to say is I'm very glad I've had the experiences I've had in Seattle, all of them, because it's not just a city to me. It's a place on an isthmus and a series of hills and peninsulas where the love of my life lives, where I had something very close to my first moment of adultism and true independence, and also a place where I not once but twice lost it all. And also a place where I finally learned how to be an activist. And we haven't, we've just walked by Westlake. We haven't really looked at it. I haven't looked at how much it's changed. I do remember the key thing about Occupy, and I want to focus, focus on Occupy just a little bit. It was a peaceful protest. And I remember telling Q13 on a a video interview, which I never do. I hate video. I can't stand video. But I remember telling Q13 something like, 
you know, because because the thing about the Occupy movement was like, oh, what are your demands? What are you asking for? They they wanted to, media wanted to spin a story. So I told them separation between business and state and a direct democracy. And I still want those things. I struggle because even as I'm enjoying my time with my partner and enjoying my time being back in the city and walking by the more ghostly parts of the city for me, places that have memories, and then also filling them with new memories, I have to remember that there comes a point with activism where you have to stop yourself. You have to say, to a certain degree, the world is fucked. And you have to just accept that. You have to say the world is fucked. People are bastard-covered bastards with bastard villain, and that's the way it is. And you have to, instead of turning out and always fighting and putting your life on the line at every corner, you have to turn in and say, well, in whatever time I've got left on this planet, what's going to make it the least sucky it can possibly be? And I'm going to go ahead and tell you my best answer in this current moment. The thing that may actually make my life awesome is to celebrate my connection with my partner in what traditional culture would call a wedding. And they proposed to me. And I said yes. And I don't know how it's going to work. I have no idea. But if you take nothing else from this, dear listener, know that I am home. Know that I feel happy and safe and cared for. And know that for the first time in my life, I've found somebody that loves me for me. And I'm still going to get on Facebook or I'm still going to get on Twitter and I'm probably still going to do DSA stuff in the future because I'm not going to shut down the activism part of me. But I am going to try and remember. I'm going to do my best to remember that the world is fucked because the world is fucked. And no amount of creative output that any great, brilliant mind, neurodivergent or otherwise, can come up with can fix that. Because humans are fatally flawed. We're just, we're just that way. But what can solve it? What can make it bearable for however long we get to be on this planet before we turn to, into smoke in the air? Is trying to find someone that sees us for us. And if we're damn lucky, if we're real damn lucky, we can be people that are worthy of the people that love us. And I can only say that I hope I can be the best version of myself I can possibly be for my partner 
And I can only say that I hope you out there, dear listener, wherever your circumstances might be, whatever your gender or orientation might be, or even if you have a gender orientation, I hope that you can find a connection that makes you this happy. A connection that gives you a reason to live. Because before this, I was barely hanging on. I didn't, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to call it quits at 42. I just, I want to make it to 42 so I can do life, the universe, and everything, be the perfect age. And then I'm going to call it quits because I'm tired. And I'm not delusional. I know the road ahead is hard. I know it's going to be challenging. I know that we live on an isthmus surrounded by water, prone to lots of natural disasters and susceptibilities and a lot of other stuff. But, God damn it. I love Benny, and Seattle's my home. And I thought for years that I had to give up on the dream of love, and I had to give up on the dream of Seattle. And fuck giving up. Because even though life will kill you, you've got to earn its destruction of you. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to leave it there. I thank you so much for listening. And please, 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 if you like this content, head to nicknackpod.net. Give the Patreon a look. Give the PayPal donation link a look. And send in reviews on iTunes and any of the other, or whatever it's called now, any of the other podcaster services. Thank you so much for listening. All the schools shitting out fools who believe what they read and believe what they see. Don't believe them and don't believe me. I'm a tool. I'm your changes of mood. I'm a drug in your food. Believe what you read and believe what you see on the TV. Don't believe them and don't believe me.
thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to support my work, please leave a review in the podcast app of your choice or check out my PayPal and Patreon on nicknackpod.net. That's N-I-C-N-A-C-P-O-D dot N-E-T. Your help is greatly appreciated. The music is The Fool's Guide by Anthony Rotuno. And of course, Catch Me If You Can by Attica Attica. If you enjoy this music, please support these artists by buying their work or making donations. Links are available in the show notes, as always. Available at knickknackpod.net. The Knickknack Podcast and FS Rattlelong series is copyright 2006 through 2021 by the Knickknack Podcast Network and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 4.0 International License. Thank you so much for listening. May you find the safety and support you need to empower you and meet your needs. Pause my hat pulled down.